Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started abhijit is the founder and ceo of jindagi technologies with previous experience in companies like vmware and cisco in the interview Abhijit opens up about how lonely it can get as a founder and the toll it can take on your well-being and health. He also shared his decision-making process and how every decision in the company depends on how it impacts the top line, the bottom line and the company's reputation. He also shared how he plans his days, stays productive and how gardening teaches him patience and tenacity. Hi Abhijit, hi Sumit. It's wonderful to have you here with us on the Choosing Leadership podcast. And to begin with, for our listeners, can you start by sharing a little bit of who you are? What do you do today? Yes, I am the founder and CEO of E Technologies. We are a six-year-old bootstrap organization based out of New Delhi. It's a company that primarily focuses on solving challenges around cybersecurity and developing bespoke applications around automation for our customers. We are dominantly into the public sector space in india so we focus on a lot of public sector and psu customers where we help them in deploying large scale data centers and cybersecurity solutions this is a bootstrapped organization started by me and my wife aditi she's the ceo and i'm the ceo of the organization and that's it. thank you thank you for sharing that and before we jump into like the entrepreneurship journey can you share a little bit of your back story right what has happened that has led to entrepreneurship and like bootstrapped and all of that okay so i am a first generation entrepreneur my dad is a doctor he's been a government servant and my mom's been a teacher all her life so we never had any sort of business training per se in particular back in india i have seen everybody who's working everybody at the chai ki tabri and at the coffee shop they always have a conversation about kuch apna karna you want to start something on your own and that was there from the very beginning for me the tipping point was when i was 
switching jobs, I went from Cisco to join a job in VMware. There was a certain duration in VMware around four months or five months where there was no work assigned to me. And since there was no work given to me, I spent a lot of time in ruminating and thinking that what do I want to do in my life? And my initial twist after I put in my papers was to actually develop an application, an agriculture IoT application. So the intention behind Zindagi Technologies was to focus on improving lives. And we, I chose rural as a place to focus on. So basically something that got telemetry data from the soil and then presented it in a node.js dashboard that I wrote. I tried to sell it. I went to various ministries all across the country to try and sell my prototype. I am not very good with sales. So I failed miserably. I'm actually better than what I was back in 2017. But when nothing worked, when I was not able to sell my product, I had two options. I could either go back and join my, join a corporate life once again. Or the other option was that I become an entrepreneur and do something which I'm good at. So Malcolm Gladwell, that 10,000 hours paradigm, he says that do something that you've been doing for 10,000 hours. So a major chunk of my 14 years that I spent in corporates was actually involved in providing professional services to these OEM customers. So I decided to make or convert Zindagi into a professional services organization focused on cybersecurity and data centers. So that's how the journey began. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that's an interesting background, right? From a very technology-focused background, but also what you shared about your parents. So you did not grow up like where business or entrepreneurship was like part of the language. So how difficult has been, how challenging it has been to shift the mindset? So you mentioned about sales. Sales is one thing, but there are so many things dealing with risks, dealing with uncertainty, which an entrepreneur has to face on a daily basis, which you don't face either in a stable environment or even in a technology job, I think things can be very structured and predictable. How has that journey been for you? What challenges has it present? Well, I think one thing I've realized is that cash is king. The moment cash disappears, the company will cease to exist. So first, my number one priority is to make sure that there is enough cash in the company to keep us liquid for at least the next three quarters. That is the number one priority. Number two, I, both me and my wife, we've decided that if Every single decision that we take in our company will have a three-pronged approach. That decision will be a yes or a no, depending upon how well it improves the company's top line, how well it improves the company's bottom line, and does it impact the company's reputation in a positive way or a negative way. So we're very conscious about how we are managing the finances in the organization. From a sales point of view, I've realized that a small customer and a large customer, they'll take the same amount of time. They demand the same kind of attention. So I've decided to focus on some very large, uh, you know, customers who, from whom we keep getting big projects. We're doing the parliament. We're doing the implementation of the Indian uh, parliament. We're doing the entire Noida International Airport's IT implementation. All this happened because we've done the goods and services tax data center. We've done the income tax department's entire IT infrastructure. So we played a role there because we partnered with some very large system integrators and started working with them. So from a sales point of view, uh, the way I, and all this happened while spending absolutely zero rupees on marketing. Mm. There's no marketing, only word of mouth marketing that we were able to do. So we keep kept serving our customers and they spoke to other customers and that's how we kept on getting business. So I think one key thing that we did was we kept on, we kept our focus on customer satisfaction. 
Number two, we've managed our finances very tightly. And number three, I think we've tried to make sure that we treat our employees with the same respect as what we would do to our customers and to our vendors. And there have been people who've stuck with us for the past six years. And I think that's been a very big pillar for our success. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think what I'm listening is that there is this focus of like making things better or improving lives, as you said. Can you share a bit more about where is that coming from? Like, because it's not just I have to do something on my own or I have to like reach 100 million, 200 million. So it's not just about numbers for you. There is a deeper purpose behind that. Can you share where that is coming from? And then what is your vision for the future? So original reason we coined, the, the reason we called Zindagi as Zindagi was, of course, because of, I've said this multiple times, that Richard Branson's book, Losing My Virginity, somebody asked him a question that you look like a quintessential entrepreneur in your opinion. How would you define a business? And his response was, I'm paraphrasing, but his response was, a business is nothing else but an idea that will improve people's lives. So that's how the name Zindagi, which is a Hindi or a Urdu way of, of life, that's how the name started. Today, where we stand, Zindagi is a consultant for multiple data centers all across the country. So one key requirement that we have, one key mission statement that we have is to ensure that we leave this earth better than the how we found it. Mm. Sustainability is a very key goal for Zindagi Technologies. They say that if the internet was a country, the internet would be the third largest consumer of electricity on this planet Earth. So our objective is that any data centers that we build today, while ensuring that uptime, performance, data breaches, data loss, all those parameters are sacrosanct. At the same time, we have to think of ways by which we make them sustainable data centers, greener data centers. I think that's one objective. The second way by which we feel that we are impacting and improving people's lives is around the cybersecurity domain. Cybersecurity, there are two paradigms. One is called IT, the other one's called OT. IT is information technology and OT is called operational technology. Operational technologies like SCADA, industrial control systems, gas pipelines, turbines, nuclear power stations. That's the role of IT there is so significant that people say that if, if there is an outage in IT, the worst thing that can happen is reputation loss, data breaches. But if something goes wrong in OT, operational technology, human lives can be impacted. So a key focus area is that we're working with our end customers to ensure that operational technology security is maintained so that no just happen and no 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 threat is able to enter the system of the customer. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And as you spoke about that, the people part also, but also given the future, given where you are headed, right? What do you see are some of the biggest challenges that you face as an organization, but also for you personally? A good question. So I guess from a personal point of view, I can tell you that it becomes hard sometimes because I feel that there is nobody to talk to. I mean, but of course, my wife manages a lot of the operational stuff. There are so many things going on. The kind of role that I play is, is such a milieu of personalities. Sometimes I'm a software developer. Sometimes I'm a technical architect. Sometimes I'm a sales guy. Sometimes I'm working with customers, resol resolving their challenges and handling escalations. There are times when I'm becoming an HR person and handling HR conflicts. While there are departments and very talented people in those departments who are doing their job, becoming the executive where the final buck stops, it becomes, it means that everything is my responsibility. The biggest challenge that I face on a day-to-day -day basis is uh, you know, when sales don't go through. 
they say that in the life of a salesman, sometimes you feel so elated that you're at the top of the world and sometimes you want to kill yourself. <laughs> so that's what happens to me. I work so hard to ensure that I've gotten a sale, I've gotten an excellent project to deliver and I look forward to it. And all of a sudden, somewhere a competition comes in, somewhere the public sector, because of the way the policies work, the project gets scrapped or something like that happens. So that is a big challenge. Uh, motivation becomes difficult. And what is more difficult is that when you are demotivated as the chief leader, so to say, in the company, you have to ensure that your company, your employees, your team members remain motivated because if you don't, then your sadness or your, your emotions will rub off on them. So that's, I think, a very big responsibility and a challenge that I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being so honest. I think I don't have anybody to talk to. I think that's you have put it into words, but I think that's a feeling which every entrepreneur faces that there is so much on your mind and also the emotional aspect, right? The confusion, the doubt, the self-doubt sometimes which creeps in. But many times we keep it to ourselves. We don't like have anybody to very openly talk about it. So thank you for uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, and as you spoke about like the organization itself, the other people. And I think one thing which I have seen is that to grow beyond a particular level, maybe beyond like 50 to 70 employees, you need to invest in your leadership team. So you do not need to be the only one driving, but you need to have a team which drives that. Since people are such an important aspect of who you are and why you are doing this, how do you invest in the growth of your leaders, right? Especially the key people around you and then also the rest of the organization. How do you make them strong and stand up besides you as partners rather than just employees? I was never a functional leader before starting Zindagi Technologies, right? I've always been more or less an individual contributor and some roles I've played as a technical lead, so to say. But from as being a functional leader who's responsible for KPIs, that's never happened before I started my company. And that's what everybody kept telling me before starting, that get management experience, get leadership experience, and then you start your own company. So I'm learning as I go. So when it comes to empowerment, I've realized that the culture that's developed in the organization is such that Monday to Friday is basically a lot of action, a lot of drama, a lot of focus on deliverables, etc. Every second Saturday, we have a discussion during the first half of every second, the second and fourth Saturday, where we calibrate. I did with my second in command from a HR, technical services delivery and accounts perspective. So we discuss what the strategy should be. That's number one. Number two is more or less everybody in the organization who's taken up a leadership position has grown up the ranks. They have reflected in my performance discussions with them, they've reflected the desire to take up a leadership role. So when they've expressed that desire, I've always been happy to share that responsibility with them. I think one thing that that I'm trying to learn even now is that don't dilute responsibility. Give one task to one person let him make it his baby and let him own it completely end to end. So I think that's something that I do very proactively. When it comes to learning and sending them for like incubation programs or management programs, we haven't taken up those kind of initiatives. Anybody technical who wants to grow technically, of course, there we sponsor like Cisco certifications, ready certifications, all that we do, but nothing from a management leader perspective. A lot of my leaders are actually shareholders in the organizations. They're responsible for the success and they remunerated in commensurate with the success of the organization. So that's also worked well for us. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I love that you have like some particular rhythm, as you mentioned that like every other Saturday, 
And I think that rhythm certainly helps. So I want to ask you, is there any other rhythms that you have either personally for you or for your team? As you said, it can get lonely, it can get difficult. So how do you manage all that pressure, overwhelm? What else do you do on a tactical day-to-day basis? So, of course, from, I mean, from personal perspective, I think I'm an early riser. So by, by around 10 p.m., my battery is completely exhausted. So when I wake up in the morning, I do a little bit of yoga. And then after I'm done that, I start taking notes as to how I'm going to plan the day. I'm a productivity app freak. So, of course, I have my TicTic and my Notion and a whole pattern of how I manage my iPad Pro and all my screens around me. So I like to have my workspace done in a certain way so I can manage things. When it comes to working and managing my team, I realize the first three hours are critical. I try to ensure that no customer meetings happen at that time. I want to set I want to set the ball rolling for my team in the first three hours. Any sort of challenges, any sort of customer escalations, any work that has to happen. We do a concept called stand-up meetings. So we basically, I ask every single one of my team members, what is going well? What is not going well? What did you do yesterday? What do you plan to do tomorrow? How well is it aligned to the company goals? Any challenges that you're facing? Anything that I need to do to resolve? This is more of a daily affair. But at the same time, I have seen some bit of success. Sometimes I've seen some bit of success in theming my days, which means that I have a concept called maker days and manager days. I learned this when I was reading a blog from Jack Dorsey that he's able to do uh, maker days wherein he's actually focused on software development, architecting, etc. And some are manager days. Those are the days when you go out and meet your customers, do firefighting, and work with your team, etc., etc. So that's worked well for me. So every single Wednesday and Friday are my maker days and the rest of the days are my manager days. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that blocking off that time, as you said, right, sometimes is so critical and a lot of leaders miss that. So thank you for sharing that aspect of you. And what I also loved, right, is starting early yoga and then making some notes, I think setting or starting the day, right, with some kind of intention setting or some kind of bonding routine is so important because otherwise you just wake up and you are in the flow and you have no idea like you are in the flow without understanding that are you actually taking the flow where it should be going or not and so i think these two things you mentioned like but i would like to highlight that these are not trivial and this is like yeah wonderful so thank you for sharing that so coming to a bit more on the personal side outside of work, what is it that keeps you busy that keeps you like excited during the week this I'm at a stage wherein my work has more or less consumed me. So, I mean, I would not want people to do what I'm doing. Ah. I wanted to prepare for this call. I wanted to shave. I wanted to look a little better. But I've been having back-to-back calls throughout the entire day. So, I mean, God is kind. I think we, there's a lot of work that we're doing, a lot of good work that we're doing. So that keeps me very busy. I have a little daughter. I like to spend time with her. So I try to see whatever I can. Once I'm done from my work at around seven o'clock, so that that quality time that I can spend with her, that's something that I look forward to every single day. Another habit or another hobby that I've developed is gardening. I find it so akin to entrepreneurship. The way you have to do the effort of planting the seed, taking care of it, nurturing it, and then you have to also think of providence. God can do whatever he wants and all your efforts will go away. And then finally, when it does bear fruit, when you see when you see the fruit actually come out, that is very satisfying and very satiating. I think gardening for me is a lesson in patience and tenacity. 
And a lot of what I do in gardening is, I think, correlated to entrepreneurship and vice versa. So I spend a lot of time. I have a small garden that I'd like to maintain. So that's what gives me a lot of peace and happiness. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think these little things, sometimes we tend to ignore, but they matter so much. I love that you spoke about your daughter. I have a very young son as well. So I can relate to that. And then, yes, I do some gardening as well. And I think related it with the entrepreneurship, I relate it with leadership because when you develop people, you cannot expect them to like suddenly grow fruits. You have to nurture them, water them, and then wait. And sometimes we okay with like, if you plant 10 plants, 10 seeds, all of them will grow at their own pace. And I think many times it's the same with people, it's the same training, the same experience, but people will grow up and do different things. And sometimes you have to be okay and not make it worse. And I think in the gardening, I think what one thing you learn is that if you try to overdo it, you can actually make it worse. So there is an, also an element of stepping back, which is also very true for leadership and entrepreneurship. Sometimes you have to step back and wait. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that. I think that's so relevant. Is there something, right? So what you shared about your entire life, that you are so occupied at work, and then there are these other aspects of life, right? Yoga, gardening, which you maybe do in your privacy. So when you meet people, when you go out, is there something which people misunderstand about you or get wrong about you? And then how do you deal with that? Well, I'm an introvert, so it takes a lot of effort for me to actually come in, come out and speak to people. So, yeah, I mean, introverts generally are considered to be snooty. So I come across like that sometimes. I wish that wasn't the case. Yeah. But yeah, I guess my, a lot of the business that I get is predominantly because they see that this person's got a bit of a technical side and a business side. So they know that he's got responsibility. And he can do technical work as well. So I think that helps me in, in communicating my vision and my capabilities to my customers. But in general, when it comes to social interactions, I'm not very good. Yeah. And do you, do you think that also like, produces a challenge or a limitation for your business growth? It's a major impediment. I think it's a major impediment. There are times when I realize that I wish I would have gone for that social interaction. I wish I could have done better networking. So absolutely, if one advice, if I have to give to people, if they can become better at networking. So it's a very thin line, at least from my perspective, or at least in the, my line of business, or the way Zindagi Technologies has evolved today. I feel that whenever I speak to a customer, I'm not selling a particular product. I mean, today we, have, we are metamorphosizing ourselves into a product development company. We're developing products which we'll eventually be able to sell. But today, I'm only selling my technical ability to the customer. So in a scenario wherein I focus only on networking, after some time, they will realize that this person does not have technical substance. He's more gas. He's, more, he's good at talking and he has got, he's got the gift of the gab, but he's not, got, he's not very technical. But if you remain at the other end of the spectrum, if you're a geeky, nerdy person, all huddled up inside you know, your cocoon, you're never going to get business. You have to find a very fine line between these two. And play that role very well as a as an entrepreneur or as a CEO of a company. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So before we wrap up, and I know we can talk about this for going, but we also have to come to a close. What is it right now, right after this journey of being an entrepreneur? What is it right now that you're most grateful for? I'm happy that I'm my own boss. I think that's one very big thing. I, I can make my own decisions. Before this, my dad, who's a government employee and the way it works in government in India, you know that they have stability, pension, etc. 
dad dad always wanted me to become a government employee he is a doctor so he never understood technology he said i can i can't even give you an iota of advice as to what you will do in your life or in your career i can only tell you that you please play your pay your employees on time because this is a journey that you have embarked upon your employees are trusting you so you make sure that come hell or high water make sure that they are paid on time and they are paid the full amount they paid their dues that i've always respected i'm grateful honestly i i'm god fearing and god loving i think i'm really thankful to god that he's given me the opportunity to choose my own path in life i am happy that i am able to to contribute to this country what we've done the small achievements that we've made hospitals for pandemics we've done airports we've done national data centers we've done regional data centers we've done we've done the income tax department we've done so many good works for this country and in my small bit in my small way i'm so grateful that i'm contributing to make this country becoming a, to become a developed nation i think that i'm grateful for i'm grateful for the fact that my team has developed we are in a situation wherein there are people who are leaving for the bigger better deal they'll find a better job and then they'll quit but there are people who stuck on with me there are people who are much better than me in caliber who have stuck with me through thick and thin i think i'm grateful for those people because it is for those people and because of those people that we've been able to grow and i have i have a very strong conviction that we'll be we'll keep on growing and i'll also get my time to spend with my family which is a very big priority for me so yeah a lot of gratitude a lot of gratitude for my team and my employees thank you thank you abhijit and i want to especially mention and celebrate you here right because not just what you have done the business i think that itself is a huge challenge but where you're coming from i think you have gone beyond like the environment that you grew in you have stood up and like made a name for yourself you've done something very different and that discomfort that you're talking about i think that's natural but you have not let that stop you so that's a matter of courage but you have also done it in a way that gives you meaning and purpose right so everything that you just shared it gives you meaning it gives you purpose and i think that makes it easier uh if not uh, like less challenging at least in those surprises right when those surprises happen which like any entrepreneur will have to face so thank you for uh, like first of all being courageous and doing it but also doing it your own way not just doing it and copying what everybody else is doing yeah and yeah thank you so before before we end anybody who is listening who might want to reach out to you what is the best way for them to do so well just before that i just want to say this was very special for me i really was looking forward to having this conversation with you when you sent me that calendar invite to register i chose this day so i can remember that it's today because i had to sideline all my meetings to make this a priority today is my birthday so i knew that 19th of april is when i have to speak to sumit so so appreciate your 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 inviting me on your show so thank you for that yeah and happy birthday <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you and well i think if you want to reach out and anybody wants to reach out to me i think the right way would be you could drop me a message on linkedin that's one and the other one is my email address which is abhijit@red.tech e b h i j i t at the rate d i n d a g i zindagi.tech so that's where you can reach me thank you thank you abhijit for sharing everything and i want to wish you all the best like for today for your birthday have a good celebration but also for everything that lies ahead for you thank you thank you i really enjoyed this conversation appreciate your having me on your show thank you absolutely that's it for this episode of choosing leadership with sumit gupta i choose leadership every time i record this podcast and i invite you to do the same 
I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.